Welcome to another episode of the EU Roundup. Hope you're all doing well, we're here as ever, bringing you last week's most notable news from around Europe. This week's episode is all about the EU summit, which took place last Thursday. We'll take a look at the EU's most recent commitments to climate neutrality. Another important topic on the meeting's agenda were sanctions against Turkey, so we'll brief you on that as well. As always, we'll have a quick round of news from last week, but first, Let's see what it took for Poland and Hungary to stop blocking the EU budget. So don't forget, don't forget that this dispute was not only about the rule of law regulation, financial issues, it was about the future of European Union. Uh, and the question was, what is the power center of the European Union? The European institutions like Parliament, Commission or the member states. And today we deliver evidences that the European Union is nothing else, just the community and the alliance of the nations and the states. That was Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban reacting to the progress made on the EU budget and it being linked to the rule of law. Poland and Hungary will no longer block the budget. That was decided after a consensus was reached at the EU summit last Thursday. A lot hanged on the 1.8 trillion euros budget covering the next seven years and including a coronavirus economic recovery package. A recently introduced rule of law mechanism led to Poland and Hungary blocking its entry into force. The two countries currently being under investigation by the EU could have seen funds stopped if democratic principles were not met. And they still could, although the situation has changed slightly. A typical EU compromise where concessions were made so that every side could claim victory is to thank for this deal. Some EU officials also have pointed to time pressure making Poland and Hungary more willing to compromise. After all, the budget is set to enter into force on the 1st of January and countries need the funds to help rebuild their economies amid the ongoing pandemic. But let's get back to the changes that secured the Polish and Hungarian approval. Member states will now be able to challenge the legality of the mechanism at the Court of Justice of the EU. While such a claim is being regarded, the EU Commission will essentially not be able to block the allocation of funds. This means that the effects of the rule of law mechanism could be delayed by months or even years. This side of the agreement allowed Hungarian Justice Minister Judith Varga to claim victory for her country. In her tweet on Wednesday evening, she referred to the deal as a triumph for Hungary. Perhaps the biggest victory is for Prime Minister Viktor Orban. Under the new agreement, it is possible that Hungary could avoid funds being blocked for a year and a half or maybe two, which is exactly the time that Orban needs for re-election. On the other hand, French President Emmanuel Macron got to claim victory as well, tweeting that the robust agreement respects EU values. That is because the text of the regulation remains unchanged. This means that the interpretation remains the same, which suggests that the mechanism will be just as effective as intended. Therefore, it is possible that Hungary and Poland could simply have succeeded in delaying the inevitable. Time will tell, of course, and much depends on how this mechanism is utilized. But for now, everyone is happy and money will start flowing to member states come January the 1st. Of course, the European Parliament has to approve the deal, but MEPs have indicated they will do so. And national parliaments also need to ratify the agreement, but they have no reason to not be on board. 
Another topic on the agenda during the EU summit was how to react to Turkey's drilling in disputed waters. Tensions in the eastern Mediterranean have been high since the summer. Cyprus and Greece have protested against Turkey's gas drilling and research activities in what they see as their territorial waters. The result of the previous EU summit was no sanctions and a rather soft approach. After no change was seen in Turkey's actions, the EU was forced to react to protect its credibility on the international political stage. But in reality, Brussels has taken a soft stance again and granted Ankara a three-month grace period. The EU has added new names of individuals and companies to the blacklist for unauthorized gas drilling of Cyprus. The EU will continue to provide financial assistance to manage migration flows in Turkey. These latest developments were seen as unsatisfying over in Greece. Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis will likely be seen as coming back from Brussels empty-handed. He will be able to somewhat save face, however. The US will impose sanctions on Turkey over its recent acquisition of Russian air defense systems. Merci beaucoup. Thank you very much and a good morning, everyone. Now, this European Council was a marathon session. There were lots of difficult topics on the agenda, important issues. Now, if you remember, a year ago exactly, in December of last year, we met here in Brussels and we were talking about climate neutrality with a view to 2050 for the EU, a reduction of 55% by 2030, which means that our 2050 commitment is credible. It means that we in Europe uh, would have a leadership role to play. That was the dubbed-over voice of EU Council President Charles Michel. He assessed the results of the EU summit last week, where a deal was reached on climate targets for 2030. The prolonged negotiations lasted a total of eight hours. But this will be a welcome victory for the EU, for which climate is one of the major concerns. And certainly for EU Commission President von der Leyen, who has made climate neutrality one of her main objectives during her tenure. There is a common belief within the EU that a transition to a more climate-neutral economy is the way. None of the member states outright reject the idea. However, some disagreements towards the approach came from a group of Eastern European countries. Poland, Hungary, the Czech Republic and Bulgaria being some of those. They are largely reliant on coal and other such polluting sources of energy. Poland, for example, relies up to 80% on coal for its electricity. The country has repeatedly voiced concerns that there isn't enough EU funding for the modernization of its electricity system. The Polish Electricity Association estimates that meeting the EU's updated climate goals will cost 68.5 billion euros by 2030. On the other hand of the argument, we have the Nordic and Western European countries. They are in a better position for the transition. And they also argue that funding is already available as part of the EU budget. But the concerns of the Eastern European countries are not unfounded. Trade unions estimate that up to 11 million jobs are at risk from the transition to a net-zero economy. Now, those jobs won't disappear, but there needs to be a plan for the transition. New jobs will be created as a result of the transformation of the economy. Nevertheless, workers will need support, especially those in Eastern Europe, where the effect will be felt considerably more. Another point of discussion was the energy sources that member states will be able to use as an alternative. 
Poland, Hungary, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Bulgaria and Romania together called for technology neutrality. What they mean by that is for gas and nuclear energy investments to be classified as green. The final summit statement acknowledged that demand and will allow countries to choose which energy to use. That is a notable win for some countries in Eastern Europe, some of which had to close nuclear plants when joining the EU. Back then, there was concern regarding safety compliance to Western standards and practices. But now, it looks likely that nuclear and gas will play an important role in Eastern Europe reaching its climate goals for 2030. And now here's a quick round of news from last week. Brexit negotiations are still ongoing. In fact, they have now stretched over, passing another deadline on Sunday. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson and EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen stated it is responsible at this point to go the extra mile. The talks will continue in Brussels. There are still issues over fisheries and how close the UK should stick to EU economic rules in the future. The ultimate deadline is the 31st of December. The UK will stop funding overseas fossil fuel projects. That should come as a result of a new policy which is to come into force this week. It plans to rule out future loans and financial guarantees for polluting projects abroad. Some environmentalists are still concerned the policy could be watered down if too many exemptions are included. That was all for today's podcast. As always, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with another episode on Tuesday at 9.30.